Welcome back to the Rec Center. He's Jack Ferris. I'm Lindsay Joy. Some new shows to talk about this week. I kind of did the classic binge almost an entire show uh, in less than a weekend. Actually, honestly, less than a day, if I'm being honest. Um, So I'm excited to hear uh, about what you were watching this week. Do you have any overall thoughts or do you want to jump right in with your first rec? I actually have a question. Truth tree. This is, I'm being, I'm being completely honest with you and whoever is listening to us. I've never actually listened to this on the pod form. I, I like and subscribe. Do we have music that leads into us? I made you listen to the first. Oh, that's right. 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 You no, I think you just sent me a mic, like a copy of the, of the music, right? Did I just send you the song? Yeah. Yeah. I'm disappointed that you haven't at least fired it up to see if I'm like producing it well and editing it well. Well, I I know that you are good at those things. I, I just get on you. I'm I'm glad that you trust me enough. Um, how about you pop this one on and check it out? So are we? You subscribed? Did you I'll, rate I'll and like review? I have. I don't think I've rated and reviewed yet. I haven't rated and reviewed either. For being honest, are we? Uh, are we getting the download credits from you? Because what you can do is like fire it up on a few apps. Yeah. If you subscribe, and then we can like get some downloads, some extra downloads. Is that happening from you? I've got. 12 tabs open right now on my laptop and not one of them are the podcast. So maybe I should get five or six going at once. That that's a good idea. Also you have 12 tabs. I have two or three max ever. Oh, I'm a, I'm a tab guy. I, once they're up, it's up all day. And then it's one of those things where I'm kind of like a tab hoarder where it's like, no, of course I need this article up on rotten tomatoes of the recent Steven Soderbergh movie. Like I can't lose that tab the rest of the day. You know, so do you pull up articles? You're like, I'm going to read this feature piece on DK Metcalf and I'm going to yeah. totally read that later. And then you just never read it. I do that for sure. Yeah. Like there's, I guess uh, the, the Minnesota Vikings released like a 20 minute documentary on when the, their ceiling fell. Oh. And I, I have, I've had that tab open for like three days. I've just haven't watched it yet. Three days isn't bad. I admittedly will do that for it, it's worse on my phone than my computer. I will keep tabs open and truly just never get around to them. Three days actually is not that bad, but I did yeah. not know the Minnesota Vikings did a like mini doc on their roof yeah. collapse, which was an insane, an insane situation. Uh, what did you watch on TV or in uh, what did the I, cinematic universe this week? What did I watch on TV? I think last week we even like established the rule that we're never going to recommend things that you have to pay for. Um, so straight out the bat, rules are meant to be broken. I watched the Vince Vaughn vehicle Freaky, in which he morphs into a 16, 17-year-old girl. And uh, he, I should, have, I should have prefaced, is a serial killer. And so obviously, hijinks ensues. You've seen the preview for this, right? I have. It's Freaky Friday is the concept, yeah, yeah. right? It, it, right. It's very self-aware. They know what they're doing. But so when you say you paid for it, how did you, what is the, the format there? Is it on like Amazon and you paid to rent it or how did you pay for it? Yeah. It's like whatever your home, like Apple is or something like that. It's like 1999 to rent. Um, listen, I, I don't know if I'd rent it. Uh, but I think they did a pretty good job with it. Vince Vaughn acting like a 16 year old is, is, is something that we, none of us could ever get enough of. 
And the 16-year-old herself, the girl, Catherine Newton, is very good and very funny. When she when she becomes a serial killer, it's, it's she's very believable. What else is she in? Because I recognize the name. She's in the Society, and I was actually kind of into the. I've got bad news on the Society. If you haven't heard of the Society, it's kind of like a Lord of the Rings vibe on Netflix. It's a bunch of high school students, juniors and seniors, and they go on a trip. And when they come back from the trip, their town is empty and no one's around, and it's just the kids. So there's like 300 teenagers and they need to like learn how to govern themselves. And she's kind of like the leader of the pack. She's very good in that. And she's also big little lies, oldest daughter of, of what's her bucket. Reese Witherspoon. Of Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. I also want to correct one thing. You said it was Lord of the Rings vibe. You meant Lord of the Flies. Oh, I meant Lord Lord of the Flies vibe. Yeah. Very much Lord of the Flies vibe. I have seen the society. I think I got through probably four ish episodes and you had told me to keep going and I didn't listen to you. Yeah. But society, it, got, it got canceled, right? It got canceled because COVID like delayed it. And then I think, cause it had like kind of a good following and Netflix has greenlit worse shows before. So I was surprised when they shut down the society. And I think what happened was every single person and not even peripheral people, every single person on that show is 15, 16, 17, 18. And so they age pretty quickly if you pause the show for two, three years. So I think, you know, they were coming up on two years at the earliest when they turned the next season around. And they were like, we can't, even if like everything works out schedule wise, these kids are going to look much older than, than, you know, a month removed. So anyway, we're getting sidetracked. I, I do like the society. Check it out though. But there's a big cliffhanger at the end of season one of the society. And it's, it's a bummer because you know, there's no season two. Uh, but yeah. Freaky is good. If you're, in, if you're in the mood for a little Vince Vaughn, if you haven't seen Vince Vaughn in a while, and you want – there's, there's definitely some gory kills. So it's not – it definitely is uh, – I'm pretty sure it's PG-13. Actually, it's, it might be R. Is this a movie that was supposed to be released in theaters and totally. then they did this because of COVID? Like it's totally. released – okay. Yeah. I, some – you know, Netflix has ones that go straight to Netflix now. Obviously, if you're paying $19.99 for it, which, by the way, first single, it's like, shout out to all the single people out there who are having to pay $20 to watch a movie. Because the idea is, if you're paying $20, bucks, it's probably two it's of you sitting It's the same as going there. to a movie, yeah. yeah. If you're, it's, just, it's two of you sitting there watching it. It's the same as going to a movie. But for all the single people that just want to watch Vince Vaughn pretend to be a 16-year-old girl, $20 is a lot of money. Oh, I'm a single ladies. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Hey, man, it's the holidays. Maybe treat yourself here and there. You know, I don't know what to say. I wouldn't. Uh, yeah. If you're not like totally wild on the idea, don't get it. But uh, like I said, it's 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 very self-aware. They know that they're completely ripping off Freaky Friday and you know that they know. So it's fine. All right. Anything else on Freaky? It's called Freaky. It's just called Freaky. Sweet. My first wreck. Have you heard of The Wilds on Amazon Prime? Um, it just dropped on Friday. It okay. is lost with teenage girls. So I don't think I'm going to be able to sell you on this, but I do think many people will like it. I unfortunately think it's more of, I hate like chick show. I hate that um, category because as someone who watches a lot of like sports and quote-unquote like dude things I just don't think anything has 
has to have like genders. I don't, I want, I almost want you to watch a couple episodes and tell me if you hate it because it's an interesting show. It's, I mean, it's pretty R rated. It's Amazon Prime, like I said. It's. Oh, okay. Yeah. Teenage girl. Teenage girls from radically different backgrounds find themselves stranded on a remote island, unaware they've just become the sub- subjects of an elaborate social experiment. Exactly. It actually has, speaking of the society, it almost has those vibes yeah. as well. So it's yeah. like you drop these girls on an island so they have to learn to govern themselves and to survive. And obviously they're trying to get off the island, but it's a bunch of it's like 16, 17, 18-year-old girls and they're... Like, it's just a mess. But it's also, like, I think the show is pretty well done, and I think it's interesting. I'm through eight out of ten episodes. I fear they're not getting off the island, because I do think they're doing a season two. Or I'm pretty sure they are, at least. So that is... I'm going to be not satisfied by, like, watching them. Like, the season's going to end, and I think they're still going to be on the island, which I don't love. That That's not a spoiler, by the way. Yeah. You know, there's a season two lost. They were on the Island for what? Six seasons. Um, I think longer than that. Lost is Well, lost was six seasons total, right? Listen, if you're listening to this, obviously you're very much into TV enough to listen to us. What? 45 minutes a week. Talk about TV. Mm-hmm. If you're listening to this and you haven't checked out lost, you probably should check out lost because you it's, I think it's an important installment in the history of television you know like lost lost did a lot for modern prestige tv i think even though it is a little over the top from time to time yeah they went a little crazy with it um there were the base of everything was great and then like certain things got a little wacky and they they took things maybe a little far um i was thinking when i was watching the wilds how the season two finale of lost when Jack and Kate, there's a scene with Jack and Kate at like an airport. Should I just spoil it for if anyone has spoil seen it. it? Spoil it. The, flash, the first time you see them off the island. So everything in Lost is a flashback. So they're on the island and then they flash back to their normal lives. The finale of season two is the first time you ever see them flash, flash forward. forward off yeah. the island. So you, this is the first time you ever know they got off the island and it's Jack and Kate and yeah. they're at like an airport and Jack's like, we have to go back. We have to go back to the island, and mm-hmm. Kate's like, "What?" And so that was the first time, and you, were, I th- I'm pretty sure it's the season two finale. I they didn't do it in season one. I don't think maybe it was season season one finale, but it was like a moment. And again, it's in, I don't know 2007, so you're watching it week to week. It's on a network, so I'm just watching it on a Wednesday night, and you're just like, "Whoa!" Like it was just a different time for television. So definitely watch yeah. Lost, but also give the Wilds a chance. It is very feminist female centric heavy on that storyline um but i think it is an enjoyable show perfect femme for life um i was gonna uh, shelve this one for my last rec but since we brought up lost now i'll do it and it's i don't want people to be disappointed or bummed out by this recommendation but i just did it and it's something that I had really wanted to do for a long time, and I finally just bit the bullet and did it. Folks, it's watching Citizen Kane. Watch Citizen Kane with, and don't keep reminding yourself that the, it's an 80 year old movie. Try to watch it thinking it's, you know, maybe it's just, maybe it's just 40, 50 years old, because the story structure of Citizen Kane blows your mind. 
of it's like the first real true non-linear story that works it bounces around in a big way and it's it really trusts the audience which i mean orson welles was and mank the guy who wrote it they were light years ahead of their time by just trusting uh standard viewers to to find to get the non-linear storytelling aspect um you know with without something like citizen kane I would maintain that something like Lost never gets conceptualized. Something like 500 Days of Summer, like these classic nonlinear story um, structures. Uh, what's another? Oh, Social Network is another great one. Of, Those are three just, very different. Lost, Social Network, and 500 Days of Summer are three very different pieces of work. I could not agree more, but they all you could tell they all get in the writer's room and they're like, all right, you know what we're not doing is we're not telling a story with a beginning, middle and end. We're going to bounce around. We're going to, we're going to explore the space, so to speak with, with telling this story. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. The wild and, is also that way. So shout and, out to Citizen okay. Kane. Yeah. Citizen Kane is cause you watch it in the first 50 minutes. You're like, okay, Citizen Kane's dead. Now what? S- you know, so they bounce around. And um, anyway, if you haven't seen Mank yet because you're turned off by the fact that it's old Hollywood and it's black and white and they're talking about a movie you've never seen before, I get that. But if you watch Citizen Kane, you are going you're not only you're not only going to want to watch Mank, but you're going to be very excited to watch Mank and get all the little like jokes and and puns and so, it's excellent. Mank is something that was just released, correct? And it is about the making of Citizen Kane. You're those are two different Yes. Citizen Kane and then Mank are two different things. Two, Citizen Kane and Mank are two different things. Mank is about, I don't want to get too deep into the weeds, but Mank is about how Citizen Kane came to be. And that is something that was just released somewhere? Yeah, David Fincher. David okay. Fincher just dropped it on Netflix last week. You've, you've probably seen it on all your home screens. It's just not in the top 10 because, again, it's a black and white movie about old-timey Hollywood. So it's not getting the clicks that, um, you know your teeny bopper wrecks are well sorry for my teeny bopper we've gone just two very different places to start um i have a dumb question is citizen kane in black and white yes it is i don't know if i knew that before but i admitted it was a dumb question and so here we are anything else uh no i mean i just got my last like my last recommendation after you but yeah citizen kane by the way is on hbo max okay really wow yeah um, I have an HBO Max one later, but I'm going to stay with Amazon Prime. Rachel Brosnahan, have you heard of I'm Your Woman? I have. Watch I've, it. I've seen the icon. I didn't even click it for the, uh, for the preview. So it actually got pretty good critical reviews. It's like an 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. And did you know that Roger Ebert still reviews movies? I do know that, <laughs> which is bizarre. He's just like a blogger now. Like I, I'm old enough to remember when Siskel and Ebert was like a 30 minute show that came on on Sunday nights on like ABC or whatever. And rest in peace, Siskel. Roger Ebert is like a blogger who just reviews movies on the yeah. internet now. I don't think he. Well, has you know, it's show. it's not actually Robert Ebert. He died seven years ago. Oh no! It's just a, it's just a blog called Roger. Oh, Ebert. So it's even worse. <laughs> Wait, I thought yeah, Robert, so, Cisco died when we were like kids, right? Cisco died died like Cisco died like twenty five years ago. Yeah. Roger Ebert's one of those people that like 
I knew I was clearly aware like when he died, but my brain just forgot that. So who yeah. who like his estate writes these reviews? Yeah, I think it's a few people um that like I think if you actually click it and go to the reviews, it'll give credit to the author. It's just under the Roger Ebert umbrella, the Roger Ebert domain. So here's another question about this. They used to give a thumbs up each, right? So like if Roger and Ebert wait, Siskel and Ebert gave it two thumbs up, then that was like the gold standard, right? Because now this they, person on the blog is doing like three and a half stars. So we've gone to a different rating system completely. Yeah, Siskel and Ebert, they each had an appendage and it was a thumb each. And if they were <laughs> both up, yeah, it was a must see. If it was a mix, sometimes it was like, eh. Roger Ebert famously uh, misfired on a lot of like classic comedies, whereas Siskel was better on comedies. Um, so so, yeah. So every movie was thumbs up or thumbs down for them. Did they ever do like the middle thumb, like the sideways thumb? Um, I don't, good question. I don't know. I feel sideways thumb about this movie I'm about to talk about. Okay. I, I feel sideways thumb about a lot of content lately. Um, I'm your woman is a thriller, but it is somehow kind of boring and slow and I didn't really care about the stakes. There's also a weird part. So it's Rachel Brosnahan, who is the star of Marvelous Miss Maisel. Yeah, she's, she's got she's like Amazon's biggest star now, huh? She hasn't. Yeah, she has something else coming out with Amazon as well. She's great. Um, obviously, I love her in Maisel, and she's good in this too. And I like the cast, and there are certain parts of the movie I really liked, but. Basically, the first within the first five minutes of the movie, she's kind of like a bored housewife who just hangs out at home. It's set in the seventies, I should say, so there are some good outfits. Um, so she's, she's she's tying herself to period pieces, huh? Uh, yeah, I guess it works for her. I mean, it it, it was the kind of um, Queen's Gambit vibe where it's not over the top in terms of the costumes and everything. It's actually really that I enjoyed that part of it. But, I think I think they're doing that sometimes just because they're lazy and they're like, you know, what would be cool is if we set this in another decade so we can have an excuse to like put fun hair on all the chicks and, but, and have orange wallpaper. So I, I don't disagree with you. However, if you think about even something like Mad Men, their costumes and everything were great, but they were pretty over the top. Like this is the 60s. That was, you, that's, cause that's because the 60s was like one of the main characters in the whole show. Sure. And I would argue that the 70s is a big part of this movie of I'm your woman. And then if you think about the time and place of Queen's Gambit, like the Vegas episode, like that was very much a character in it itself, but you can do it subtly. And I would prefer that over the, over the top period piece, whatever. So with this, I actually liked that part of it, but it's, she's a seventies board housewife um, is married, but does not have a kid. And then her husband shows up with a baby one day and it's like, this is our baby. I secured this baby for us. Oh. And within, I don't know, a week, two weeks, don't have a concept of time, he disappears. The guy, the dad, husband disappears. Yeah. So Rachel Brosnahan is, and he was in some bad stuff, so she's got to run because the bad guys are coming after her. And like that's, like I said, within the first five, ten minutes of the entire movie. So it's her on the run. She's a new mother. This isn't her kid, but she's taking care of the kid and just trying to like figure out whatever life is and it just it was fine but like i said for as dramatic as all that sounds it was somehow a little slow and like a little boring at times also i I take notes for these i've said that before my only note that i had for the movie is when 
were car seats invented because she's driving around with the kid on the seat. I do think car seats are a relatively recent uh, invention. And I think car seat laws are way more recent, like within our lifetime recent. So in the 70s, the kid just laid, if it was like a 10-month-old baby, the kid just laid on the front seat because that's what Rachel Brosnahan was was pretty much doing in this or I holding mean, the baby if she was in the passenger seat. You're talking to the wrong guy. I was not a baby, nor was I a mother in the 70s. So uh, that I feel like that's a pretty big detail for them to miss. So I, I'm guessing yes, you know? I also watched like 75% of Zodiac with Jake Gyllenhaal because of the recent developments in the news. I was inspired. Fincher. Also Fincher. Yes. What up, Finch dog? I didn't make it through because um, I watched it on, it's only available to stream for free on Crackle and Crackle is free, but it has ads. And mm-hmm. so I watched it at night and I just, I could, it was too long with commercials and I got mm-hmm. tired. Um, that being said, it's also a similar period piece and they also drive around with kids not secured in any type of way so maybe Mm. that was just what it was back then i just this was a new concept to me came into my life in two different pieces of content this week so that was interesting but i'm your woman is very much sideways thumb roger siskel ebert the the ebert review online gave it like three and a half stars i think out of four but who knows critically it did get good reviews the rotten tomatoes audience score was like a 48% 48% or something like that. You know, it's funny because I haven't watched it yet, but that's the same kind of deal with the new Soderbergh movie, the Meryl Streep, Let Them All Talk movie. It's got a 90 on critical and then a 50 on audience score. And a lot of people out there are probably cringing because you either like live or live and die by Rotten Tomatoes or you want nothing to do with them because they, they're really, the audience scores is based on nothing. But I mean, if you look at your favorite movies, you can find out quickly if you're an audience score guy or a critic score guy. I also just think it's helpful to know what, cause I watched I'm your woman and I'm like, I think I should have liked that more than I did, but I just didn't. I found myself bored. I liked a lot of parts of it, but overall I didn't love it. So I want to validate my opinion by having some kind of a score or number set out there that tells me that my opinion is correct. That's why I like it. I just want to be told that I'm, my feelings are correct. And well, I don't you, know. You can make I, the argument. Usually you can make the argument. Yeah. Cause usually the scores are so widespread that you can find your happy place in and among those scores, you know? Yeah. There's always validation out there. You just have to look hard enough. All right. Yeah. What's your third or make it up. Um, the movies that made us on Netflix, pretty good. Easy watch. Uh, they're each about 45 minutes to 50 minutes. There's three, um disney or not disney christmas movies out uh home alone which actually came out last year but then just about two weeks ago elf and nightmare before christmas popped on again the format is like a loose fun documentary style what annoys me about the movies that made us is they go for the jokes too hard sometimes uh the narrator is a little too over the top with some of like the campy joke stuff uh, but it's pretty good. It tells you a lot about things that you had no idea. Like the the production behind Elf is fascinating. I mean, it was written in the early 90s and they wanted Chris Farley to do it. Obviously, uh, Chris Farley died. So then they like sat around on it for a while, not knowing who was perfect for the role. 
and then you know Will Ferrell kind of ascended to Will Ferrell levels uh, in the mid to or early two thousands. Um, and <laughs> one more thing, I don't want to ruin it too much. You know the first like 25 minutes in where he first gets into New York city and they just have him walking around being funny. Will Ferrell as an elf in New York. Mm-hmm. They shot that like gorilla style. They didn't have any permit. It was just will and a couple of cameramen and they were just like fucking with people. And this was, they shot it in Christmas, December of 2002. So Will Ferrell was famous, but not like stop traffic famous. Mm-hmm. So they were able to get away with it. Uh, it's just funny. It's funny tidbits like that. Wait, it was shot in 2002? That movie feels so much newer than that. It came out in 2003, yeah. So they shot it wow. Christmas, New York Christmas 2002. Wow, all right. So how long has this series been on Netflix? Because I've never heard of it. You haven't seen the movies that made us? No. Oh, there's only like six total episodes. Four came out last year. Last year was Dirty Dancing, Home Alone, Ghostbusters, Die Hard. And this year it was just... Um, Elf and the Tim Burton movie, Nightmare Before Christmas. But I think maybe another one dropped recently. But yeah, no, it's 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 fun for the whole family. All right. Uh, I like that one. I My algorithm is different than yours. I think we've established that. So my question before I do my third is, when was the last time you actually watched a reality show? Any kind of reality show. Um, I watched... Have I told you this? I don't think so. I watched all of um, Too Hot to Handle in one night. Okay, good. <laughs> so good. good for you. Um, I watched all of Too Hot to Handle, I think, in two days. Did you ever do Love is Blind or The Circle? I never did Love is Blind, nor did I do The Circle. Okay. So this is HBO Max, and it is in that same emotional vein and that is 12 dates of christmas it is a reality show there are it's it's, think the bachelor but instead of one bachelor there are three leads so straight guy straight girl gay guy okay and they are all have people brought in to date i think probably over the course of the show i don't think it's a full 12 um, cause you can go on multiple dates with one of the people, but so it's, it was shot actually it's Christmas themed. So they're like, I just, the, the goal of the show is to find someone to bring home for the holidays. It was shot in February in Austria before the world shut down. Yeah, so they're perfect. in this castle in Austria and they bring these people in to date these leads, but the, because of the format and they're all just like trapped in this castle together. Are they, wait, 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 is it, um, are they British, American? Are they, what are the contestants? Everyone's American. There's some Canadians. Everyone's um, American. Are there Brits? It, so Brits, Ameri- Brits love the, this stuff. The leads are American. There is a Canadian guy. I'm trying to remember if anyone is British so far. So I'm on like episode five, and I actually don't know how many there are. Um, it's just... It's the same kind of thing as Too Hot to Handle, but the people are not in bathing suits, and it's not these like... Like, Too Hot to Handle's casting was just like, wow, um, good for They're you. They're all super, like, hot people, yeah. Insanely. I mean, again, the, yeah. the show is called Too Hot to Handle. And they did a very good job of casting. With mm-hmm. 12 Dates, it's just like, it's The Bachelor, but there's a whole mix of people. So, like, some of the leads, like, are interested 
in each other at one point. And like the daters, so like one of the guys that's there to date the girl and one of the girls that's there to date the guy, they end up like coupling off. So it's basically just like a mess of a show. It's the classic like Bachelor Rejects. That's who's like made the casting. Um, It's not anything groundbreaking other than it's nice to just see a different format within this genre. But it is like cheesy, dumb reality, easy watch to the max. Okay. If you're in the mood. And it's all Christmas themed. It's all Christmas themed. So it's really funny because they have like Santa and elf parties. Like we're all going to dress up as in Santa outfits or elf outfits. And it's like February. And they're like, Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas. Because HBO obviously was planning on dropping Mm -hmm. this for this season. They actually got really lucky with the timing. Totally. um, because they wrapped in March in Austria. So one of the girls, the the girl lead was like a Seahawks cheerleader. She's from Seattle, but it's like classic LA Instagram model now. Um, the people aren't all that interesting, but I don't think they have to be. So I don't know. It's There's a lot of like cringeworthy moments and I don't normally like that. Like there are times when I was just yelling like no at the TV, which I don't like the secondhand embarrassment type of television but for some reason this show works for me and i don't think you would like it which i think is the theme of this episode i don't think you would like it but i do think people will like it i also don't think they've done a good job of promoing this because like i'm the person that should definitely know this exists and i think i only know it exists because i follow hbo max on instagram and they've dropped like some promos so minimal promo from hbo max but worth like some investment of your time if you're in the mood for a little dumb reality tv plus the castle is really pretty it's like snowy in austria and it's i don't know just seems like it would be fun to hang out at so yeah 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 i'm in are you um no (laughs) um i did watch i was in a hotel we won't get too far into it but i was in a hotel room for like six hours and um boy oh boy do i miss just like channel surfing you know like having no idea what i'm going to come across on a usa or a tnt or an fx i ended up watching a little bit of 27 dresses white house down uh four christmases and I, i was like oh that's right people used to do this people used to just go back and forth and watch like 15 minutes of this movie 20 minutes of that movie maybe the end of the the bills game is that what you caught the end of the Bills game? Yeah, it felt like I was back in like 2006 or something. They were simpler times, but also, so I've been a DVR user for since probably like 2002, um, if I'm being honest. But like, how did we live without DVRs? Like, we we really taped. If you missed, if you missed it, you were done. You, you were cut it on reruns later, or you like physically could set a VCR to record. Yeah, yeah. What like, a wild we, time. Yeah. We would have to record Survivor all the time. <laughs> that, by the way, um, is on Netflix. Have you seen that? Or it's I on have, a streaming site. I have. It- I have. I just, I was into Survivor when I was 12, 13, 14, 15, like the rest of the world. And now, you know, a lot of our friends, shout out Evan, <laughs> um, we're now into our 30s and they're, he's still a fan of it. So, I mean, I get, I, apparently it has the couple of last seasons, like, but really recent seasons. Uh, they've kind of realized that they need to reinvent themselves. 
because they're competing with shows like Too Hot to Handle. And apparently it's gotten really good. Yeah. I, I yeah, shout out to Evan. I, he tried to get me to watch it many times. And I just don't really watch a lot of competition reality shows. I will say the one that I do watch is The Challenge. And it just premiered on Wednesday. And I'm very excited about this season of The Challenge. Johnny Bananas. Johnny Bananas is actually not on the season. But Lolo Jones, the track star. That's Why is she on it? She, they, is she the host? No, she's not. She's a contestant. They bring in people who are like you can be anything you could be a so a guy who won survivor in um turkey i want to say and it's forever in a different country like he was on it there's a ton of big brother people so the challenge does not pull from the mtv world anymore they pull from the entire world and it just makes it i mean there's obviously the, the classic mtv like johnny's just not on this season but he's been on recent seasons but it's mtv people mixed with like any kind of reality star they get really um fit people so this is like a full-on sport at this point funny thing about uh lolo jones is she looks exactly like rashida jones and i think um i want to say lolo jones is like a, a infamous infamous b-i-t-c-h so did you watch the HBO docuseries on, it's called The Weight of Gold, I think? Yes, that was horribly depressing. But yes, I watched it. It was horribly depressing. I think she just has a lot of things from like all of, I think, I don't know. I think that kind of explains her personality if you watch that. I don't know that she is or isn't a... <laughs> no, neither do I. I don't either. I think I'm, I want to say my sister, and like if my sister works in the music industry. I don't know what the hell she would know about Lolo Jones, but I think this is like celebrity temperament is right up my sister's alley. So I would trust her on this kind of thing. I actually think I interviewed Lolo Jones once in um, Virginia. She was running a track event that I was covering and I'm like, well, if she was running the event and you were covering it, I bet she was super nice to you. Cause that's how it goes. You know? She was like, she was participating, but she was also one of like the people like, yeah. anyway, whatever. I'm sure she was cool. I don't really remember. Um, she's on the challenge. She's legitimately an Olympian and that's like the level of competition that we're not, a, not a medalist though. Although did she went for the, uh, when she, pivoted to bobsledding bobsled i don't know if she ever won a medal for that or not but all right so that's i'm going to throw that in there as well if you want to watch the weight of gold i believe it's on regular hbo because that was pre-hbo max that's from the summer so that is um another wreck as well do you have any other thoughts no i gotta finish my uh harassment training for work though i'm watching this riveting video well, i was I like not, what are you googling right now you're I watching do not, I, I know I'm, I'm, being, I'm being very rude but i'm actually watching and clicking like the options like like should employee sally feel uncomfortable is she right to feel uncomfortable should she you know report johnny's um advances to a manager Okay. The answer is you, yes, folks. Sally needs to report that shit. Sorry. You have established yourself as the worst podcast host of all time because you have never <laughs> actually listened to our podcast and you are doing harassment training. It's time sensitive. It's time sensitive. It's got to get done today. All right. I'm stopping this. We will see you next week. Enjoy your harassment training. Make good decisions. Don't yeah, do anything yeah. I wouldn't do. Yeah.